like no one's ever said, man, I wish I didn't take that gap year, you know? Welcome to Through Here, a podcast about road trips, people, and places. Through Here is recorded on Treaty 2 territory. The land is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation. The land is also used by Indigenous nations from Treaties 1, 3, and 4. Season 1 of Through Here takes place in Riding Mountain National Park, a vast forested oasis amongst Manitoba's hundreds of kilometers of prairie, and a destination for many travelers. If you'd like to learn more about the setting of Through Here's first season, head to the Where's Here section of throughherepod.com. A gap year was in order for Natalie when she graduated high school and realized she had an opportunity to do some traveling before starting years of university. She found a program she liked enough, but something wasn't right, and she wanted to get exploring while she still could. So she made the decision, did some traveling, and ended up in Vancouver with her brother with the intention of doing a cross-Canada road trip. She ended up settling in Riding Mountain National Park for a while to visit family and make some money. We sat down in early fall to chat about all things Gapier related, why traveling when you can is so important, and what she hopes to have learned when the experience comes to an end in the spring. Hi, I'm Natalie. I've been in Canada since the 6th of July. Flew into Vancouver, bought a car. Now I'm here at Clear Lake, riding mountain Clear Lake. So what was that like? It was pretty cool. I started when I, I don't think I told you this, like I, when I got here, I was with my brother because we were coming here. We came to Canada together, together to see family. We flew in to Vancouver, yeah, and got the car. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it was really awesome because it was sort of like the first experience that I've had like this year, sort of like traveling and stuff. So it's been really, really interesting. How did you find a car? Well, at first I was looking on like Kijiji mm-hmm. <laughs> and there were, you know, just, uh, yeah, it's hard because I have a limited, limited knowledge on cars and like at home usually dad would come and check one out and then he'd be like, this is the problem. This isn't the problem. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, all right. But in this, I was getting kind of stressed because I was like, even if we go look at this car, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know if it's good. Like they'll, people are just going to tell you, yeah, oh yeah, it's good. Like they just want to sell it to you. We have a cousin in Vancouver and we've been looking around. We went to a couple of car sale yards and he's like, actually, like I've got this buddy um, and he's trying to get rid of this car. Like he bought it, he bought a truck. So he's like, he, he's desperate to get rid of it. Like he'll probably just like give it to you. And I was like, yeah, sweet. Like, what is it? And it was a Subaru Forester, which was like exactly what we wanted. So we went and checked it out. And this guy was just like super happy (laughs) to let us buy it. We got it super cheap. And I just said like, will it make it, will it make it to Winnipeg? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had like over 300,000 kilometers on it. (laughs) And we had absolutely no idea like how it ran or anything. We took it for like a really quick like around like two blocks in the middle mm-hmm. of Vancouver. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I've never driven on the right-hand side in my life. Like I wasn't thinking about how the car felt. I was just like, I can't kill anyone right now. <laughs> anyway, but we didn't have any options, so we took it. And yeah, I spent a little while in Vancouver, but then we ended up, yeah, we went through the Rockies and then came across like the prairies from there. <laughs> how long did it take you to find that car? So that was probably like, it was really only like two days since we got there. Yeah. Wow. Because we were in Japan for six weeks before we came here. So... Like the week leading up to flying out, I was trying to find something to have it like lined up when we got mm-hmm. here. And there was just like nothing that it either seemed kind of dodgy 
or it was too expensive. And I was like, I was like, I'm just like, I emailed a couple people and like it all fell through. So then I was like, man, but it ended up working out. So why Canada? Why? <laughs> yeah. So you, how old are you? 19. Okay. So you like graduated. Just graduated like... last November. Yeah. So I'm on like a gap year. You can like reserve your spot at uni for a year. So I don't go back until March, but we have family in Manitoba and like in other spots in Canada, but mostly Manitoba. So we're like, oh, it's probably a good opportunity to go visit some people. Mm -hmm. That was like the main yeah drive behind it. And we just sort of like worked out that we got to see a lot more of the country. Like we weren't just flying over to see people and then like flying home. Now I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) Where did you stop on your way here? We were in, like once we left Vancouver, we stayed in Squamish. So we went up like the Cedar Sky Highway, which was like one of the coolest parts of the whole drive. It was like the views were just amazing and it was like all so fresh still. Like once you get sort of like a little bit into like the drive, you know, a couple days in or anything, like it's still amazing, but it's not as exciting as like the first Mm -hmm. day. I think that like one of the prettiest, the most scenic route was probably the first day anyway. So yeah, that was really exciting. We stayed in Squamish and then we were in Whistler. So there are a couple of other Aussies around there. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people yeah a lot of Aussies in BC in the Rockies <laughs> in Whistler and then we went as high as Jasper which was yeah pretty decent I think that's sort of like the top of like the really touristy spot like if you go any further then you can't trek in it a little bit and up there we went to these really cool hot springs like Miet I think it's called maybe hot yeah. springs yeah so that was like an hour north of there or like 40 minutes north of that which is really cool and another thing is like Obviously, like in summer, the sunset's like a lot later, but here, because it's like so far north, the sunset's like a lot later. Like it was 10.30 at night and like the sun was just setting. Like that was crazy. <laughs> and then we came down through the Rockies, stayed in Banff, but because it was peak season, like apparently you're meant to kind of like reserve a spot a year, a year or a couple months, like in advance. So we like rocked up to this, one of the like campgrounds and we saw that it had like no vacancy, like on the side and we're like, meh. Sometimes they have space. <laughs> so we like rolled through and then the woman was like, oh yeah, like no, there's no vacancy in here. And I was like, oh, well, like where's the nearest campground? Like we had a little map anyway when we entered the park, but I was like, oh, do you know if there are vacancies nearby? And she's like, no, like the whole park is full. And I was like, well, that's interesting <laughs> because we need to stay here. And it was probably like, it was getting kind of late. We kind of were just obviously just didn't think it through but we found there's like this I feel like it's called Two Jack Lake and it was beautiful and so like while it was still like the sun was still up for like another like hour and a half two hours or whatever people were still on the beach there so we just like hung out and I was like I'm not gonna drive another two hours to Calgary when like this is really pretty (laughs) and I'm tired it's fine like we'll just like camp out in the car but then it was like 2 a.m. And then like some cars sort of started like showing up and I was like, what the hell's going on? Obviously like it was because it's such a clear area and it was like a really clear night. People were coming to like stargaze like on the beach. So then I was like, oh God, like it was just super conspicuous. And then I was like, okay, it's like, it's fine. It's just like people like they're doing their thing. And then like half an hour later, (laughs) there's like a tap on the windscreen and I'm like, damn. (laughs) And Tom's like, ah, it's the cops. 
<laughs> we open the door and like, oh, what seems to be the problem? And they're like, yeah, look, uh, if you're stargazing, that's fine. But we're like wrapped up in our sleeping bags with pillows. And they're like, you can't stay here. We're like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll just like pretended that I didn't know, obviously. And I was like, oh, well, do you know like where the nearest campground is? Like where we can go then? And this woman was just like, no. <laughs> No. no she's like actually and I was like whoa <laughs> I was like, what? fine I was like I don't know what you want me to do so we drove to Calgary it was a shocker overnight <laughs> I've never been like just pull, I'll just pull over and we'll just like sleep on the side of the mm-hmm. highway but we got to Calgary and just pulled up in like some back street I don't think Tom ended up sleeping anyway so I slept for like two hours and then we went to this like little like it was the most Canadian like little diner that I've ever seen and I had like this really weird breakfast like super black coffee and there was this woman that was older but like so sweet and like every yeah caricature of like a Canadian woman that's ever been presented in any like American television show you know what Americans like depict Canadians this is what she was like and it was great yeah and then so we're in Calgary we went up to Drumheller so we did like the whole dinosaur thing went to like the museum up at um was it the Tyrell Mm mm-hmm um, dinosaur museum and then we spent like a couple days going around there and we came around then through medicine hat and so that was the first like yeah then family that we'd stayed with in a little while so we hung out at medicine hat and that was the first time that i saw the united states because we went down to the border and saw montana didn't go across just like <laughs> saw it. it looked exactly the same as canada but <laughs> it was super cool thomas thought it was super stupid but i was like no we're driving like we're going down because we went down to riding on stone um which is like this really beautiful indigenous site and it was really cool to see because it was really similar like the pictographs and stuff are really similar to the the paintings that we have at home for like the aboriginals that they've done with ochre and stuff so it's interesting to see like the similarities but yeah from there we just kind of like went yeah an extra like 40 minutes again just south did a loop just like all through fields they didn't see anything like no wildlife just grass and then we came back up yeah And then from Medicine Hat, we stayed. We went to Regina Beach, which a lot of people in Canada don't know is a thing. They're like, what, why? But it wasn't very nice. It was just kind of like, I think it's a man-made lake actually. So we stayed there. It was still nice. It was summertime, everyone was like happy. And then we came up through, um, you might know what it's called. And it's like, it's a really pretty drive up. Like if you go like, so north of Regina, then it's Regina Beach and you come across and it's like, Fort Capel mm-hmm. is that yeah and so that was yeah. a really nice drive through there to get up to Clear Lake and then so we just stayed yeah a little while in Clear Lake and then we went like through Winnipeg and out to Falcon Lake which is like on the border near Kenora and then my brother went home so then I came back here why did your brother go home um, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a work visa he didn't like he never planned to stay oh, okay. like that long anyway yeah it's not like he, did, like he didn't hate Canada. He wasn't like, <laughs> I've had enough. Um, maybe he got sick of me, actually. That's probably more accurate. But yeah, no, he never planned to like be away that long anyway. I already had like a work visa and stuff lined up. At some point he was going to go back. So yeah, he's back there, there now, living the dream. Is it like that working holiday visa? Yeah, it's like, yeah. So it's like a working and tourist visa, which I assume is the same. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think they I changed guess. the name. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've had some but friends that went to Australia and on a similar that. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think it is called like whatever I think... you just called it now. Yeah, yeah, but okay. It used to be called just like a working holiday. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm on I'm still on holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes it sound more serious. Canadian borders are like pretty chill, so 
it's been pretty good. <laughs> yeah. One time I was coming back from the States because I, I was like moving to Calgary. Oh, yeah. Um, but I went through Montana. Uh, it looks really nice. Yeah, it is. Like the Canadian Rockies are better, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah, and I was like coming back and like on the way into the states, the guy was like really rude mm-hmm. and was just like uh, I don't even know, like he asked a bunch of weird questions, which they do like normally when you're crossing by vehicle. Yeah, like when you fly, they like don't care for some reason, but like when you're in your vehicle. They're yeah, like out of control. But <laughs> but yeah, like when I was coming back into Canada, the it's like on the border where it's like Waterton National Park, yeah. and then whatever national park is it? Oh, glaciers like underneath it. Okay. So like, you're like crossing basically. I'm sure they only deal with tourists. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, oh, like, he like asked me a question or whatever, and I was like, oh yeah, like I'm moving to Calgary, and we just like went through the states to check it out or whatever. He's like, oh, and then he was like, well, I'm so glad you're gonna pay my pension here. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? And then he just gave us back our passports and like let us in. And I was like, wow, oh, that's God. so Canadian. Good God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been like, so I have had a United States experience now. Um, I went to Botno, um, which is like directly south of Winnipeg, I guess, or like Brandon. Anyway, it's like two hours south. Oh, yeah, it's in like north. Dakota yeah, yeah yeah north 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 Dakota and you go through like turtle mountains or whatever mm-hmm. like a big turtle that holds like the flags which is really cool ah charming Boisevain a small town near the American border in western Manitoba it has a giant statue of a turtle named Tommy if you're interested in knowing more about Tommy's backstory you can find the episode of Manitoba landmarks on Boisevain one of my friends assembled quite the charming interview with a local for her podcast which is called Manitoba landmarks and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcast it's an interesting listen if you have some extra time And like the Peace Gardens, beautiful. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I've never been to the States before. I was going through with like a carload and my family, they were going across for like a business, like this thing they had to sort out. And I was sitting in like the way, way back of the car. So they were like, I was the fifth person. So I was sitting at the back and they passed like all the, the passports into the, you know, border patrol, whatever. And then they're just like, where's the Aussie? And they're like, oh, they're like, so I had to like shimmy through and get out. Then I had to go in and get like my, like Esther or whatever. It's like, so I don't know, Canadians probably don't have to worry about these things, but yeah, you guys just cross whenever you want. But um, I had to get like this, like a whatever permit, like slash kind of visa, like just to enter for the day even. And it's valid for three months. But anyway, so I'm in there. And they had this framed photo of Donald Trump like up on the wall next to like this rifle that was mounted. And there was like this stuffed Wolverine up there. And I was like, what? is going on <laughs> and then there was this guy I don't I mean I feel like probably easily could have been been from Canada but I feel like this couple were definitely Americans like coming back but like he had like those high like he was wearing like this flannelette shirt and like the high like suspenders like it was like it was just it was incredible <laughs> and he just had this like old ratty hat on and like the hair was like kind of hanging out and this woman just like they were like the most farm folk people I've ever seen but I had to put like they took all my fingerprints and like all of my information and then like information like about my parents and stuff. It was super weird. And I was like, I don't know if you actually need this. If 
if I to have fingerprints, yeah, yeah, every like my both hands, every finger, they took everything, and I paid them six dollars to do it to take just for all this, and I have to go back to get like by the third or something of December, like I have to have the visa physically taken out of my passport. It can't just expire. Like I have to get a border a border person to take it out. But you can like go to the Winnipeg airport or something. I guess I don't know. <laughs> But it's stupid. I don't know. I'm not going to Botno again. Oh my god. But it was just super excessive. And like, yeah, the Canadians were so nice when we came back in. I was like, yeah, let me back. (laughs) Wow. But no, you know, they have good things. I guess. The States. Sure. I'll go back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so how's it been? Like in Clear Lake or the whole experience? Yeah so far the whole experience it's been great i like yeah it's definitely what i needed (laughs) obviously like as a 19 year old my life's pretty stressful so to have this kind of escape has been a godsend um no it's really cool like but though especially seeing like people at home like who started like my friends a lot of them did start university in like march of this year and i did like think about i was like do i you know obviously should i go now is it something that i want to do and like the nearer to the date it came i was just like i like I just don't <laughs> that's definitely what I don't want to be doing like straight out of school like straight back into school it didn't feel like I even had like a break it was sort of like then like the months leading up to actually leaving it never felt like it was actually going to happen it didn't really feel real and then going to Japan first like I planned so much for that because I was <laughs> super stressed because there were like the language barriers and like the cultural differences were way more distinct and then I didn't really give much thought to Canada so then once we got here, I was like, holy crap, like it's actually like this is happening now. And then I didn't have anything planned. So like now looking back on it, like it kind of feels, I don't know, like it was more rewarding, I guess. Like Japan was cool because it was like a holiday and like I experienced a lot of things. But this, like you had to sort of learn a lot of things along the way. And I had to do a lot of things that usually like I yeah wouldn't have done. And like it was like an independence thing. So I think it's been good for me as a human, which is decent, but yeah. I still, um, in the next couple of weeks, I have a friend coming up from Sydney and she's flying into Winnipeg and she didn't have any plans. She just knew I was going to be here. So she was like, yeah, like I'll come visit. She was going with her dad to a marathon in Chicago. So she's like, while I'm up here, you know, like I may as well pop up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, well, well, you know, all right. Like, what do you want to do? Like I can, you know, we'll get time off and I'll organize like whatever. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm happy to just like, I'll come just sit up at the lake. Like you guys, you can do whatever you want. Like, I'll just hang out. I don't care. I'm easy. <laughs> I was like, no, well, like we'll do something. <laughs> it's okay. So I really wanted to go like to the East coast. Cause mm-hmm. like I didn't, I didn't know when I was going to get the chance. Like I thought this would have been the perfect time of year before like the roads and whatever go really dodge. Yeah. Like, cause there were like really long stretches to go over there. And I just didn't think I was going to get the chance to like the time to go before like winter came. But now that she's coming, I'm like, okay, like we're going to do it in like two weeks. We're going to go like, keep going. So I'll do like coast to coast, but just with like wow. kind of that like intermission, like this is the little break, but yeah, but still like in theory, i have still <laughs> go on coast to coast. There'll just breaks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for that. How long is that going to take? Um, have I'm like, I know how like long we can do it in. I don't want to like have to rush it, I guess. It's longer, like this, in my mind, Winnipeg was always like the halfway point, but there's still like, there's, yeah, there's still quite a significant amount of land to go. Yeah, because um, you have to like drive down. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, she's here for three weeks, so I guess it's like 21 days. We'll try and do it in like, I feel like we can do it in 16. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That wasn't supportive. That was like a, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never tried because, yeah, I don't know. I just went west. Did you drive west? Mm-hmm. See, that but, doesn't yeah. take that long. No, it doesn't. Like, you can do it in three yeah. days if you're, yeah. like, really trying. Because it's, like, straight. But, like, the east, yeah. There I are all these like damn the lakes is, in like, the waves. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a commitment. Yeah. Like, it will happen eventually, but. No, I think 16 days is... It's doable. You can probably get there in five. Yeah. If we go, like, up and do little, like, go around a little bit. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. And through the States is faster. Yeah. I think maybe, we like, back we might come back something. through the States. Yeah. yeah, but that'd be cool. So if you, you already like, have your visa. Exactly. <laughs> I've got to, be, got to get my $6 worth, so... <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> is the American dollar better now? my Aussie dollar's not doing too great here right now. <laughs> isn't ours the same? Like, isn't America on par with Canada or Canada on par no, with... Um, with Australia? No, it's like I, my dollar's worth like 80 cents here. Canadian? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that means it's worth like 40 cents. <laughs> oh, you're US. kidding. Are you oh joking? Oh my gosh, no. Oh, yeah, but... <laughs> because our dollar's worth 80 cents, I think. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that must have dropped though, because when my friend was in Australia, I think it was like it was the like same as can, the when Canadian I was booking the flights, it was like 99, 98 cents to a dollar, which was like good. Wow, why did it go down? I have no idea. I mean, yeah, Trump probably association. Eighty. No idea. And now, listen to a short message from our friends at Six Tiles Media, a Winnipeg-based media outlet that's putting out some great content. My name is William Rhoda, this is Six Tiles Media, and you're listening to Exit the Echo Chamber. Three, two, one, go! The first publicly traded hemp company, cannabis company. Activism came first. Join me every week as I discuss arts, counterculture, and mindfulness with some of the most interesting minds in Manitoba. Project Safe Audience, we're a harm reduction initiative. The thing I'm most known for is the show, Kim's Convenience. Exit the Echo Chamber, available now on all major platforms and at sixtiles.com. Six tiles, don't get Where We Feel Human is a book that our friend Sam Cortez wrote this year. It's all about how we as humans interact with nature and how nature makes us feel better essentially and so i sat down with sam because i thought that it would be really cool to just catch up with her and, and talk about the process of of writing a book like this so i'm just gonna let you guys listen to about five minutes of that interview where she talks about how she came up with the idea to write the book and what the process was like this summer writing the book and collecting the photographs of the places in manitoba that make us feel human so i'm gonna cut to that now and i hope you enjoy I'm Sam Cortez, and my book is called Where We Feel Human, um, and I wanted to write this book because I wanted to bring this topic to the forefront of Manitobans' minds that nature is very connected to our mental health, and when we are outside, 
we can feel a sense of peace and calm and there's actually emerging science behind this because I actually experienced this growing up and one day I decided to, to look it up because I was super curious because I thought maybe if I'm feeling these these ways from being in nature that maybe other people are too and it's just actually very fascinating writing this book that I found that this is something that scientists are actually looking into and that other people are experiencing it too. So what's in what's in the book? Like is it personal experiences? Is it mixed with scientific data or it's mostly my personal experience and kind of how I started to feel these things as I was outside and then it kind of goes into how there is emerging science behind it. So there I do tap into different studies and different sources of information to kind of show how this is actually something that people are looking into. So it's kind of a mixture of both. What was the process like of like from starting writing to it being a complete product? Basically, it's it's been interesting because I also had a photography component to it as well. And I used uh, film photography, so which was also really new to me. I hadn't used film before. So I started to write the book, um, I think it was last would have been last summer, kind of putting uh, different ideas together and then comp- like compiling research and then also just kind of writing down my own experiences throughout the summer. But then I was also kind of traveling around a bit to take some photographs, some of which did not turn out, which was very interesting because, you know, when you're taking pictures on a film camera, you don't have the luxury of looking at the photo right away to see if it was good. Um, so I had a lot of experience like just taking photographs and then getting them developed and kind of looking at them and being like, well, I can't use that and I can use this. But so it was really, really interesting, but it was fun actually to be outside and ha- kind of have like a, a purpose to get those photos and also kind of like experience being outside in a different way because I knew I wanted to kind of shed light on it and document it. So yeah, it's been an interesting ride putting it all together and now it's like finished product. So it's super exciting. Uh, what was your what was your favorite part about it, about the process or maybe like a favorite place that you went that was neat to write about? I think the my favorite part of the whole process is actually I think just conversations with people, like having, you know, the topic itself, just kind of people sort of say to me, like they reflect on it. They're like, oh, like I totally understand this connection. And like when I'm outside, you just feel like this complete like relaxation. Like you feel you get out of this headspace of chaos and all these things. And it just really can allow you to like reconnect with yourself and reconnect with your surroundings. And I think that's been the most interesting part for me is to kind of have something that people can relate to and kind of understand and, and sort of reflect on it and kind of start to wonder about it. And that's what I really wanted to do with this. I wanted to start a dialogue and have people kind of be like, hmm, like what is that connection? And there really is something there. So that's been the most exciting part. So where can people get the book. Yeah, okay, so for the book launch, it is on Wednesday, February 20th at Fort White Alive Interpretive Center, and basically it's going to be a short reading of of the book, just the first section, and then I'm going to do a little presentation kind of on a little bit more about the topic, but mostly on how I started the process and why I wanted to, to make the book, and then there's going to be some coffee, dainties set up like you can kind of explore the interpretive center chat with me mingle it's going to be um really nice so super excited about that you can get the book at uh, lonesome cedar from me personally you can email me at where we feel human at gmail.com and the every copy is uh, 20 dollars so thanks for listening to that little interlude i hope you 
got some cool stuff from it. I really enjoyed interviewing Sam about it and I'm really looking forward to reading the book. It's a very, I glimpsed the layout and it's a very cool blending of visual elements taken through film photography as well as well-researched content mixed with personal experience. So I'm very excited to pick one up. Like you heard her say, you can pick up a copy by emailing her at wherewefeelhuman at gmail.com or you can head over to Lonesome Cedar Clothing Company's website. They're stocking it for her. Uh, So you can click to the shop button and then scroll until you find the book and then you can just add it to the cart and plug your little address in there and it'll get sent to you. Wow. Okay, well, have you been planning the East Coast part? Um, like loosely. I want to go through like up to Thunder Bay because I have people I can stay with in Thunder Bay and then Toronto, Montreal, Quebec and then across to like Moncton and then to Halifax and then I guess like drop down through the states I want to go through Fargo so if we come back through like Chicago and then up through Fargo because you've seen like the tv show or like the original movie or anything no I haven't okay well I know the world thinks that <laughs> yeah. Fargo is like this huge deal and it's just like where we go when we want to go to the states I know but it's yeah so I okay I have to go is it you've been uh yeah briefly i normally go to grand forks instead because it's bigger i think no but i heard that like downtown fargo is cool i'll let you know are you gonna go to niagara falls hopefully yeah i'd like to see it from like because obviously the canadian side is like the better side to view it from Mm -hmm. i was here i've been to canada once before in 2011 so i did see niagara falls then but it was in april so there was a lot of like it was a really late winter so there was still, like, massive, like, boulders of ice just being, like, dropped over the side. Whoa. Yeah. It was, like, cool. it was really cool. Yeah. I don't know, like, how much it, like, freezes. Does it freeze entirely? No. No, it never I freezes? I can't imagine that it yeah. does. But I've never seen it in winter. Well, yeah. Well, this was in April. So. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, it was really, it was cold. But, so it'd be interesting to see, yeah, this time of year. Because I don't remember it, like, that well. But there's, like, a, like there is, like, a viewing platform from like New York I think isn't there that's like the but it wouldn't be as nice yeah yeah we'll do Niagara Falls I remember there's like this little like candy store it's like on the main stretch so maybe that's still there oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just know last time I went I was like oh my gosh this is so touristy and I hate it oh yeah you must <laughs> love this place sucks. in the summer yeah <laughs> no I don't really know this place is something yeah I don't know it's uh it's not that bad it's not that touristy i don't think it's like more rugged rugged (laughs) it's just busy yeah yeah in the summer yeah for sure why do you come up here are you from like the interview flipped a little bit here but i figured i'd leave it in in case you'd forgotten or been wondering more information about me since the introduction episodes if you don't want to hear it you can just skip 30 or so seconds ahead i won't be offended and i'll also never know so i grew up in dauphin oh okay um but like i live in winnipeg now yeah and i just got i just started working for parks canada like four summers ago cool so you've done that every year since yeah but like i'm done now okay because i'm graduating in april so oh it's only valid when you're like done the student life yeah oh okay right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 
What do you do in the park? Social media and oh, cool. graphic design and stuff like that. That's awesome. It is pretty cool. Yeah. But what do you think of this park? I love this park. Yeah. Like, I live, like, in the Blue Mountains. It's, like, an hour west of Sydney. And so that's, like, a national park as well. And so, like, I have, like, a soft spot for, you know, the nature. <laughs> but it's, like, here, like, Manitoba especially, we don't have anything like this where, like, with the lakes and everything and, like, Canada and Australia, like, are pretty similar in many regards. But, like, these sort of landscapes, like, we just don't have anything like that. And like the animals and stuff like that's crazy <laughs> like people like you'll just walk out like during summer there were so many times people like oh yeah like if you go down the like deep bay like path or whatever like there's like a bear and a cub so like be careful and i'm like what the hell she's not wrong there was quite a lot of black bear activity in the park this past summer a couple trails even had to be closed for a bit due to overactivity not concerning or anything just an interesting thing to note it was a bit unusual but the way you can interact obviously from a distance with wildlife is quite a unique experience in riding mountains <laughs> you are kidding <laughs> like that's not a thing like there are people here so they're not, the bears aren't just gonna like be here too. And yeah, like the bison enclosures and stuff are cool. Like the park itself, yeah, I don't know, it's beautiful. I love it. What's your favorite part? Oh, <laughs> the people. <laughs> no, like I love the lake and like the sunsets. When well, it's like a nice night, that's mm -hmm. cool. The sky's pretty clear too, so that's nice. The snow, that's my favorite part. Oh. So last weekend, <laughs> yeah, when it snowed, I lost my mind. Um, didn't like driving. I drove from Brandon and I almost died. That wasn't good. Not that was like my least favorite part of the entire like road trip. But <laughs> yeah, when yeah, I came back and everyone told me that it was gonna be like really crappy snow, like it was just gonna be like a little bit of mush on the ground, like not to get excited because it's too early in the year. Well, did you see it? Like were you up here? Like, oh man, it was so cool. <laughs> it was like a proper like I don't even know how much because I mean it's not a lot for you because you live in Manitoba, but mm -hmm. like yeah it was really awesome so i'm super excited for like when snow actually comes it's gonna be really cool and like the lake's gonna freeze mm -hmm. that's cool that's are you gonna stay here the whole time like until march um i'll stay probably like in manitoba i guess i don't really have a plan now after my friend leaves like once we get back from the east coast i don't know what i'm gonna do but oh because you're like quitting yeah well that's okay. a harsh word i'm just Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, taking a break, um, resigning, stepping down from my position, I guess you could say. But yeah. Like I'd come up, I'll come up. Even if I'm not like working up here anyway. So I'll get a chance to see it in the winter. I want to try like cross country skiing. Mm -hmm. Never done that. Like ice skating, that's gonna be cool. They say that they like flood the like downtown area or whatever and then you can like skate around in these little paths so yeah i'm excited for that It'd be super different does your family that lives in manitoba live in brandon or? yeah i have some family in winnipeg and then yeah there's some in brandon so okay. super nearby like at the moment is that how you chose like riding yeah that's how like i was visiting them like they had like the place up here so we were visiting them out here and my cousin had a job at the lake house so I was oh, like, okay. Yeah. So like you didn't have any idea where you were actually going to like 
Oh yeah. Stop. Yeah. Get yeah. A job oh yeah. No, I had no plan. Okay. Yeah. So it worked out really well. Like it was like perfect place. I can't imagine like a better place to have been like just chilling out. It's perfect. It's actually so good. I know you like mildly touched on like why you wanted to take a gap year, but do you want to talk about that decision more? <laughs> 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 or like <clears throat> why you felt that it was like important to do that sure yeah I feel like no one's ever said man I wish I didn't take that gap year you know like I've spoken to plenty of people when I was talking about whether or not I was gonna take a year off like and they were just like oh yeah like if they whether they took a year or they took more or they took six months like they're like yeah taking that time was like the best decision that I could have made and whether or not it is or it isn't like the fact that they do think that now is like reassuring enough Mm -hmm. and I think like I knew anyway that that's what I wanted to do so it was kind of good if not like irrelevant to hear other people say it because like it it shouldn't have mattered too much like what everyone else was like oh well I did it because I wanted to because it's like a different situation but yeah I just knew like I don't know uni's not going anywhere whatever I want to do when I decide that I want to do it that'll that'll be an opportunity that I can deal with then but there's no point being like thinking that it's the be all and end all that like straight out of school oh if I don't do this right now like I'm not going to be able to get a degree later or not going to be able to study Mm -hmm. or get a job in what I want to do when I know that what I want to do is like travel and see other things so and I didn't want to like I've seen a lot of people who like really like that's what they've always wanted to do like they've always wanted to travel and see things and they talk so much about it and you can tell it's what they're passionate about but like they keep making excuses and they're like oh well they like want to finish their degree which is fair because if I'd started mine then that's probably what I would have done I would have been like well I'll get this done and then I'll do it but then I think that what I would have been like was well I need to secure a job first and then once I'm like in a stable enough place then I can get into that now that I've done this like I can do all that and then I can still if I get to that point I can be like well I want to travel again or this is what I want to do or it's not what I want to do you know what do you think made you choose that versus going to university because there's normally something like in someone that's like okay I am gonna do it now versus like making excuses probably because like I wasn't a hundred percent on what I actually wanted to do like I got it like I applied for a course and that's what I got into and it was for a bachelor of nursing and I knew that that's what I like I would enjoy doing and there was nothing about it that like every other thing that I considered doing I could think of plenty of reasons that I like why I wouldn't enjoy it or why I shouldn't do it so there's nothing that I really was that interested in and then with nursing I was like yeah that's something that I could actually do and that I think I'd enjoy and that it's like a different thing like different enough sort of environment like on a daily basis that Mm -hmm. I would be interested in it but it wasn't like I've not I haven't always wanted to be a nurse and I haven't like it wasn't like that's what I want to do right now I think if if there was something that I really wanted to do like I knew that's what I wanted to be and that's what I would have gone into but I think that like taking a year to just sort of like figure it out in March like I have that position that I can like go into like I can start that course if that's still like what I want to do there's no harm in taking the year to be like okay like figure out if there's something else that you want to do or if this is actually what you want to do because that spot isn't going anywhere you're not losing anything like you only have stuff to gain so Mm -hmm. yeah how did your friends react to it oh they were devastated obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know like it was an odd mix of how like I imagine I would feel if one of my friends did the same thing like 
they were super like supportive and like really excited but like they were like oh like it's kind of like scary and then so I had to be like oh no like it's fine I'm not gonna be gone that long whatever and I'm like holy crap yeah <laughs> it is scary <laughs> yeah but I don't know it's so easy now because like even though like what time is it now it's like almost nine o'clock so it's like noon there so like the time difference is like super bad but like you can talk to someone whenever you want to like you can send them a message you can facetime you can call them like it's sort of i don't know it makes it a lot easier being away from people mm-hmm. which is also like sometimes a bit much when you sort of like it feels like you're not really getting that sort of distance from like what you left as much as i miss everything and like the people sometimes it's sort of like you need it to feel like kind of real by just taking like a step away from it all and just knowing that it's like all over there and like you're over here I have a really good group of friends, so they're all cool about it. And one of them's coming up, so <laughs> she's the one that really cares about me <laughs> coming to check up. So, um, yeah. Is she taking a gap year? Or? She's been at uni for a year and a half. And so she took, so she was like, yeah, a year and a half through and in September, like the start of the month, everyone went back and she just took a semester off. Because oh, okay. she was like, yeah, I don't know if this is what I want to be doing, so... She's already been to New Zealand. She went for like two weeks and traveled around there. And I think she just got like a taste for it. And she was like, yeah, like I have to make the most of this time because if I go back in March or if I take another six months or if I just like change and like try something different. Yeah, I can't just like be sitting around and doing nothing. So I think she kind of had like a, yeah, a moment. (laughs) Kicked her into gear. Yeah. Yeah. But I think hers was a little bit more spontaneous, maybe. She was like, yeah, just got to do it. Were there, like, parts of you that were like, I don't know if I can do this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. For, like, but the, for the first, like, month of being away, I just hadn't, like, thought about it at all. Like, because every like, it was still really exciting and I was just sort of, like, taking everything in. And I also just didn't want to think about the fact that, like, I had still had, like, so much longer to go like not knowing like when I was actually going to be coming home and so like that was really difficult I don't know now like in the last like sort of couple of weeks like I've become super aware of it like I find myself having more like moments where it sort of like just like dawns on me like what's actually happening happening and that like I'm here and I'm like holy moly (laughs) this is crazy it was like super scary I just like I don't know I just didn't think about it for like a long time it was just like when you have to like do it when we got to like the airport and it was like super early in the morning and I was just like I'm like I just can't do it <laughs> but you just gotta get on the plane <laughs> and but the hardest part is like you get you think about like the lead up of getting to the airport to leave and then you think about being at the place like whatever destination it is like you think about that experience but you don't account for like 12 hours or 17 hours that you spend on a plane just like sitting there that's like the lamest part <laughs> and you never think about that bit it's so like like unromantic just uh, yeah the least glamorous thing ever that's all like the little things that you learn (laughs) it's not all that you think it is but yeah it still is scary so but it's fun Mm -hmm. and like I have people here and like I've made heaps of friends here now too so like that's really good when you go back what do you hope to have like learned or gained I hope that like maybe I've like grown into myself a little better I don't know obviously because like I spend every minute of every day with myself like I don't know how I've changed since Mm -hmm. I left I don't really feel like I have that much I think 
because obviously like I'm adapting into whatever situations like I'm put into like on this journey it won't become like evident until I go home and I'm in like the control environment where it's everything I know and like everything that I've always known throughout my whole life and all the people around me I know like back to front and then I'll be able to sort of notice the changes so I don't know if I like hope for any like specific changes I hope that there are changes though I think there'd be like nothing more not like disheartening but it would kind of it'd feel odd to go back and like have nothing changed like nothing's changed there nothing's changed with me like that'd just be like well great what was the point <laughs> but I think inevitably like things will be different just like my outlook on things but I don't know what that is yet mm -hmm. mm. I think if you're wanting to do a road trip get a Subaru Forester because it did make it to Winnipeg it has like 320,000 kilometers on it now so she's a beaut you can't go wrong they won't fall apart I want to put a record scratch in here because as you can read in Natalie's follow-up Q&A blog post, which is coming soon, her Subaru Forester actually did end up dying while she was embarking on the second part of her road trip. She then found a replacement, which also stopped working, but I'm going to let her talk about that in the Q&A blog post, which you can catch in the upcoming weeks here. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do I need like a block heater if I'm going that way? Not yet. I'll get one when I come back. That's it for Natalie. If you want extended content from this episode, don't forget to visit us at throughherepod.com. You can check out some photos of her with her broken down vehicles and in the coming week or two, catch a Q&A blog post about how the rest of her time in Canada went. Thanks for listening to episode 10. We have just two episodes left in season one and we'll be back soon with Desiree and Mateus, a couple from the Netherlands who are on a two year long Pan American road trip in their West Valley van with their adventure pup Paco. As always, if you'd like to hear, see and experience more from through here we have extended content on our social media pages so follow us on tumblr pinterest instagram twitter facebook and spotify at through here don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating if you like what we're doing don't forget to stay curious until next time mm -hmm.